there. I'm your host, Leslie Randolph. I'm a self-confidence coach for teenage girls and the self-confidence coach you wish you had as a teen. Honestly, I'm the self-confidence coach I wish I had as a teen because I know I could have saved myself and my mother a whole lot of heartache if I'd only known then what I know now. I hope to save you some of that suffering by sharing the lessons I learned late in life right here on Why Didn't They Tell Us. Welcome to the show. Hey, hey, happy people. Welcome back to Why Didn't They Tell Us. Y'all are in for a treat today. I'm in for a treat today with today's guest. So get excited. Tap into your adventurous self. Consider what's possible. But first, I am coming to you from my uh, new summer digs and this season's sponsor of the show, Dayhouse Coworking over here in Highland Park. Um, I am enjoying their stylish and serene space where I get to leave the distractions of home and the noises of home and the dishes and laundry of home behind. So I'm getting things done and that's how I get to you know, sit in this fancy space and have these conversations. So if you are facing the same challenges and you're here local in Highland Park, check out dayhousecoworking.com. Um, guys, you all know, I say it often, all roads lead to self-confidence over here on Why Didn't They Tell Us, which means these conversations often address the barriers to self-confidence, what gets in the way of you or your teen trusting, loving, and believing in yourself or in herself. And for me and so many other women, I know body image is certainly a, a part of the self-confidence story. I've talked about those as soon as and those not enoughs that get in the way of self-confidence. But another major barrier to self-confidence is belonging, not seeing people who look like you, think like you, talk like you out in the world doing the things that you want to do. So that can stand in the way of you going after your dreams if no one has like you has done that before. Um, and knowing that there's a place for you in this great big world your people, your tribe, your community exists. And not only are you welcome, you are represented within it. Um, I often tell my teen clients, they might not find their people in high school. But I know in my heart that as long as they continue to love and believe in themselves, live their lives authentically, aligning with who they are and what they want and what they believe, they will absolutely find their people. And I have more belief in this because there are people in the world like Kanoa Green making space and spaces for women to do just that. Celebrated by Good Morning America, Self Magazine, and CNN, Kanoa is an internationally celebrated fitness trainer, yoga instructor, and outdoor adventurer who is breaking down barriers within the fitness and outdoor industries, overcoming her own disbeliefs of what bodies her size can accomplish, Kanoa has been a catalyst for a movement that is empowering women across the globe to live their wildest dreams in the bodies they are in right now. She is celebrating bodies of all sizes without limits and demonstrating that you don't know what your body can do until you do it. And chances are she's already done it. <laughs> Kanoa, <laughs> welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you so much. Uh, first of all, can I just say your words were so beautiful before my intro? I mean, I was sitting here just getting like, my heart was like, this is so beautiful. And I wish I would have heard. I wish I would have heard your voice and these words when I was a teenager. Oh, my goodness. Just beautiful. 
Well, thanks for saying that. And thanks for doing what you do because we're part of that voice together. And I think, um, I think the louder we get, maybe future generations can hear us and then they become voices within their community and their spaces for each other. So um, I'm thrilled you're here. I want you to tell us your story. Tell us who you are, what you do. I know I gave you that beautiful bio. It's so cool. Um, but that I'm telling everyone your your current chapter. Tell right. us about how you got here and the why that, that drove that force. It's been an interesting journey. You know, I started uh, my, I would say, career uh, as pursuing to be an opera singer. It's I knew in high school that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to wear ball gowns and tiaras and be bedazzled. And I thought, that is what? <laughs> I thought yes. literally that I was like, sign me up. Where do I? And that literally was the trajectory of my life since high school. Um, I think I was maybe even a junior, maybe a sophomore. And I went to undergrad. I went to grad school. I mean, it was the path that I was on. It was all roads lead to that. Um, but through grad school, I realized it wasn't the long term for me, you know, and I think maybe people can relate to this in academia. And when you do something at a competitive level or professional level, something that you love, you kind of it loses its luster because now it's about fine tuning it and no longer about the joy of doing it. But how do you improve and get to a level where you can beat the competition? You know, it just it takes all of the the glamour away from it. Um, and, and by the time I was wrapping up grad school, I knew that I was going to finish and not ever do opera again. I just mm. it had literally beaten itself out of me. Um, and that was really a scary point, right? Because you realize I have had this plan, not just me. I've I've convinced my family to get behind this, our friends, everyone's on board. We've used our time and resources, our finances to push this goal forward. And so for me to come out of that, really, really knowing from the depths of my soul that it was not the place for me was heartbreaking in that I felt like an utter failure. Uh, I felt like I was letting so many people down making this decision, but I knew there was no way I could force myself to do it. That I didn't look happy. No one would have paid me to do that, that thing in the state that I was in. Um, and so I didn't really know what to do. I fell into a corporate career because I was going to grad school in New Jersey. So every artist goes to New York City. I had sang there on the weekends. Um so I just kind of fell into that life, right? You're like, okay, there's temp jobs galore. Like if anything, I can make some money till I figure out what's next. And in that, that little stint of time, I ended up falling into a corporate career. Someone hired me to be a corporate recruiter. I had no idea what the job description even meant, let alone what that would look like day to day. Sign me up. It's not <laughs> opera singing. Sign me up. <laughs> like, exactly. I, I let them know, the person who was hiring me, I'm like, you realize I've never done this before. And she's like, but you're smart and I trust you and I think you can get it. Um, and as long as you work hard, like it, it's everything's going to be fine. And that's exactly what happened. I fell into that. And it felt a little daunting because obviously I had not worked in corporate before. But the amazing thing is I was getting celebrated for things all the time. It was like you communicate well. And I'd never heard this in opera. Like it was everything that I needed to prove on what I was doing wrong and what could improve. So this was a, a change. It's just being celebrated. And 
uh, for me, the first time, you know, really looking at a salary, because as an opera singer, you're thinking I'm going to be a starving artist for who knows how long. So there was just all of these flashy things about it that was just I loved. Um, but on the flip side, it was a lot of long hours, a lot of demanding timelines, a lot of stress. And in my job, I was able to connect with a lot of amazing, brilliant women leaders in advertising and have conversations about their career trajectory. And a lot of them were climbing the ladder. We're trying to get the next uh, title under under their resume or wanted to move to their dream job or the next you know, salary mark. Um, and even when they achieved those, I found that there was this really sense of dissatisfaction because they were still sacrificing time. They were sacrificing time with their family on their personal pursuits, hobbies, other things that they thought that their life will look like. And having these conversations helped me realize that I didn't want to do this forever. <laughs> um, I was like, okay, it's not opera singing and it's not this corporate <laughs> rat we, we know what we don't want. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. And so after four years in the corporate world, I decided that I was going to venture out and do my own thing, finding a balance. Hopefully in my mind, I thought I can find this place where I'm happy with what I do. You know, that was singing at one point. But then I'm sure that there's a way that I can get these, you know, financial stability and have fulfillment from that, that side of me in one place. I don't know what that looks like. I've never seen it. No one in my family has ever encouraged that. But my golly, I'm going to take a leap. I had no plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I really had no idea. But I put in my resignation and just opened myself up to whatever the world, the universe wanted to give me. I knew that whatever I did, I wanted it to focus on encouraging women. I didn't know what sphere, what industry. Um, and the first thing that kind of came up was fitness. You know, I loved the energy of fitness, good music. People were smiling, the endorphins, going out to brunch with your girlfriends afterwards. Like there was just something about that culture. Wearing totally. cute clothes. Like I was, you know, it was like things that I really gravitated towards. I didn't think I would ever have a career in it because I never saw people that look like me leading fitness, right? A lot of times I would see plus size bodies. We would stand in the back of the room, especially for me, like in yoga classes and cardio classes. I was in the back because I was going slower than everyone. I would have to figure out how to modify moves on my own. So an idea of having a career was not really what was in mind for me. It was let me step into a hobby. And if anything, let me share my journey, my story. Maybe it can encourage and motivate someone else on theirs. Um, if anything, it's accountability and motivation for myself because I'm putting it out there and I'm sharing it. And then through that is as <laughs> fearful as I was <laughs> in taking those steps. I just continue to do it. I continue to show up for me. And over time, I realized I was helping other people. You know, I was helping my mother. I was helping my best friend. Uh, I was helping, you know, my best friend's mother. It was just all of these little things. And then I got to see value in, in me, right? It was even in the body that I'm in right now, even being on my own journey, I still have sparkle in me that is shining and can help someone else on their journey. And it evolved into this space where then I became a fitness professional 
And I began, you know, leading fitness for a lot of amazing brands. I mean, Fabletics and Muscle Milk and Nike. Um, and I've gotten to do just incredible things. And a lot of times being the first because I didn't see people like me. There wasn't a roadmap, but I did it. And now it opened the door for other people to do it as well. And then it evolved into the outdoor space. You know, for me, again, I never thought I could surf or paddleboard or ski because I didn't see people like me doing it, represented doing it in media anywhere. Um, but I found through my fitness journey that it was a matter of me gaining strength and athleticism in this body. It didn't mean I had to shrink my size in order to do it. I just had to gain the strength and gain, gain the stamina to do those things. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And so like, I started surfing. I started paddleboarding, you know, being the first plus size surfer ever in a magazine and media, um, you know, getting to see that representation for the first time, um, getting out there and rock climbing and now, you know, leading retreats to help other plus size people have a brave space to do these things. I mean, it's just, it's literally evolved into obviously a plan that I had no idea it would look like this. If you would have told me, Five, six years ago that this would be my life, I absolutely never in a billion years would have imagined so. Oh my gosh. I have so many goosebumps and it's so cool. And I want to highlight a couple of things that you said, because I think it's so key to just tap on this. If we go back to like that first chapter, that corporate chapter, or not even when you were leaving grad school, you had said, I was so aware that I was letting so many people down. Yes. So teens... <laughs> moms of teens, listen up because your dream of what she might do or teen, your perceived expectation, like Kanoa had two choices. I can feel that discomfort of letting them down, which it sounds like it all turned out okay. <laughs> or I can let me down. And it was like, no, I'm not going to let me down. I'm going to go. And I love that you had no plan. <laughs> That's probably giving every mother in the world heart palpitations. But it's like, oh, I gave I trust my, my mother heart palpitations. <laughs> Sorry, moms. <laughs> right. But you you just, I mean, I guess we need to talk about that a little bit. You just believed in yeah. you. You believed in the universe. What did that look like? You know, that was wild because, you know, music was something that my family kind of bought into and I'd done it for so long from such a young age. Falling into corporate was new for them, but I became so successful so quickly at it. And so then I think for them to see that I was one making a salary of X amount and I was highly respected Walking away from that was probably for them the hardest part because mm. they they kind of felt like saving grace. You know, she left the arts but landed this, you know, corporate position. Exactly. This so for few. them, exactly. They're like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Making more money, honestly, than I ever thought I would uh, because it's New York. I mean, you know, salaries were like skyrocketed. It was an amazing lifestyle. So walking away from that. And again, it was me facing another level of failure because I knew in my heart I could, it again was not the thing. And they rallied behind me with that. <laughs> they were just like, what is, what is she doing now? And to not have a plan, to not at this point have any plan. And I had to spend a lot of time removed from the other voices because I knew 
that if I absorbed any of that, and I get it, they're, they're concerned because they're concerned for me. They want the best for me. And I get that, but I had to spend time kind of alone <laughs> and just knowing in my heart that, that I made the right decision and that the right thing is going to come to me. Like it's going to work out. It, it worked out when I left music amazingly. <laughs> so I had to believe that following my gut was the right thing and that the right thing was going to open up. And it took time. I mean, it wasn't immediate, right? There was a good year in there where I was temping. Um, I was offered my, I was offered my old job in New York back. Um, people that I had worked with, my old boss had moved to another company, asked me to work for her. I mean, people were throwing jobs at me, but I knew that my, I knew that my desire was not to go back to that. So I stayed doing temp jobs where it allowed me to be flexible and open to what that thing was. And then when fitness came in, it was just really daunting and scary because I didn't go to school for it. I had no prior experience leading fitness in any way. So it was just, wow, am I really, am I really going to do this? (laughs) Apparently. Yeah. And your brain was like, yeah, we're doing this. We're doing this. We're going to feel the fear and the insecurity and the doubt. But we're going to lean lean into that belief that of I want to encourage women and yes. I want to create that space for other women like me exactly. to be able to do the same. Yes. Oh, it's so cool. It's so cool. So this, this show is always about, you know, why didn't they tell us the lesson learned late in life that you wish you had known better sooner? I mean, if, as you look back on this story – and as you look, and we don't even know what Kanoa has planned or what the universe has planned for Kanoa, what what would you say is a lesson that you had learned late in life that you wish you had known better sooner and can share with, with others? Absolutely. I think one of those things is listen to that seed that was planted in your heart of what to do. The dream, whatever that is, even if it changes, you know, that was put in your heart for a reason and it's specific to you. I could not have told my family, yes, fitness is, is, is the next chapter for me. They would have been, where did that come from? <laughs> but I had to hold on to that and know that that was gifted to me in my own heart. And I had to water it and nurture it. And other people may not understand it. And it's okay because it's not for them to understand. But it was put in your heart for a reason. And you're the only one that can bring it to life with the magic that you have. And you are truly magical. You are truly a gift to this world. And what is there is a gift to this world. And it can only come out through you. Oh my gosh. We're going to put that on a pillow, my friends. Yes. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So I'm going to, I'm going to throw you a curveball here because what you just said, just like, you know, speaks to everything I do. But I have to assume, and this goes back, you acknowledge that there was a lot of doubt. There was a lot of insecurity. There was a knowledge gap there. Yes. So I often talk in my in my coaching practice about like your bestie brain and your bully brain. The bestie brain's mm-hmm. like, you got this. Dream big. You're magical. And then the bully's brain's like, who do you think you are? You can't do that. Mm-hmm. So how did you navigate those two? Because I think it sounds so wonderful that because sometimes that voice in our brain is that bully and we're like, oh, but that's my gut. Yeah. So how do we discern between gut knowing and fear of failure, doubt yeah. and anxiety? I mean, for me, it was really clear in that my brain was the bully brain. A hundred percent. 
<laughs> because literally I had in my mind failed at two things prior. I failed at music and I failed at a corporate career. So for me, <laughs> now I'm going into something again, no experience. No one's asking me to join their team to do this thing that it was a hundred percent doubt what the bestie brain was, were the friends and the external support that I had. Mm -hmm. They honestly carried me for the first two years when I did not have the confidence in my own mind to do it. They were the ones speaking the encouragement, the positivity, everything that I needed to get me through to the place when I finally was able to do it for myself. So, I mean, I think that again, something that I wish I would have known is that it's okay to doubt and it's okay to have a lot of fear and to struggle through it. I mean, I, and I would say it wasn't pretty, <laughs> Like it, you know, people look at maybe my social media now and it's just like, Oh, it's all glamorous. It was, it was not glamorous <laughs> early on, but I think it was extremely important for me to have the one, two, three people that truly had my best interest at heart and were going, they were in it. It was like heels in the ground. They were going to help propel me forward with as much love and support as they could until I was ready to fly on my own. Mm. Oh, that's so good. So yeah, when we're struggling with our own belief and and that's, listen, self-confidence is like a muscle. It also needs to be strengthened. So when we're struggling with our own we borrow the belief of others. And and we need to be, I mean, as moms, we, if for any of my mom listeners, you can be that loving lens through which she sees herself until she can see it for herself. Um, and for my teens or the teen that still exists in all of us, get the buy-in of someone that is going to be your cheerleader and your champion. That doesn't mean everybody. Don't go ask that judgmental friend that is like, we're doing what? How, you know, so be discerning with who you you get in your corner as you go after your goals, um, because they're they're going to be the ones that fuel you until you can fuel yourself. Absolutely, oh, I love it. I love it so much. So tell me, and this I mean, this speaks to your journey a little bit. How life has changed for you since you learned these these lessons? This you know, seek the external when you need it, and. I have my my magic that's just mine and the world's waiting for that unique gift. I think the beautiful thing, and I, I guess I just didn't think about it until right now we're having this conversation, but you know, speaking of that time where I did not have the courage to even empower myself and encourage myself, and I relied on my support system and my friends to today where I am the support and the encouragement and the empowerment for thousands and thousands and thousands of people around the world. That is what this journey has done. It's empowered me to then find my footing and my foundation so that I can be a platform for other people and help propel them forward. Oh, and that's so cool. And so I guess, and that speaks to, and this gives us an opportunity to tell more about what it is you do, because you are changing the world. And that get, yeah, she, if you can't see her, she's blushing. And I'm like, no, you are. <laughs> um, because you are giving young women and women at all ages and stages, shapes and sizes, that idea of, I can go to the front of the room. Absolutely. I can do that too. So tell tell us more about how how you are changing the world. I mean, it's been wonderful. I think, you know, when I share, I ventured into fitness 
You know, that was six, seven years ago. And we didn't see a huge body diversity within fitness. Not at all. Like all trainers, for the most part, looked a certain way, moved a certain way. Like you saw burpees done one way. It was just no wonder why people hated burpees. Like it was just the only way to do it. And when I stepped into that space, you know, I didn't have other people and counterparts to look at because I was one of the very first. And now being able to step in that space and work with brands, not only in the representation where now we do see different brands having it in their marketing, where they have different bodies, they're making clothing that's maybe extended sizes that fits different body shapes and sizes. Um, but being celebrated as a leader in fitness and being invited to then change the narrative. I mean, I was the, probably the first plus size trainer to work with a brand in fitness, uh, which I think was Fabletics. Um, and since then, I've gotten to work with Victoria's Secret Pink and Muscle Milk and Propel Water and Gatorade and Fitbit and all of these different brands. But it's gone from us just seeing a body in the background that's involved in fitness to being a leader of fitness. I mean, that in of itself has changed how we view the industry as a whole, we have a long way to go, but it is a huge giant step forward um, and getting to lead fitness and partner with these brands to make fitness accessible for different bodies and letting them know that you belong in this space. You absolutely are welcome into fitness. And it's not about you moving your body in a certain way or even having to shrink it. It's about you moving for you and whatever reason that sparks your happiness in whatever way that sparks your happiness, what works best for your body. Um, maybe you're moving for mental health. It's, it's all valid. It's all valid. Um, and in the outdoor space, I mean, similarly, it's just breaking down barriers in different sports. You know, I, I love all the things. <laughs> I'm like, I want to do all the things, but it's very difficult when for earlier this year, I wanted to go skiing and find finding a ski pant or a ski bib that fits. I mean, I didn't think it was going to be as much of a problem as it was. It was such a huge challenge. We couldn't find anything that fit. When I first wanted to surf in 2016, there were no surf suits that were my size that existed in market anywhere. Um, and but today... You know, there's at least a dozen brands that are doing it. And I've had my hand in more than half of them. It's just being able to change the industry, change the narrative, change our perspective. Because my goal is that at some point, that girl, that boy, they never knew that they didn't belong in that space. The things are there. The people are there. The support is there. The resources are there. And so that's a lot of my job is in the back end working with brands and then creating retreats that allow people to actually get out there. You know, it's it's nice to have the gear, but you also want a safe space and instructors that know how to help you and feel you, help you feel safe and comfortable and empowered doing those things. So tackling it from a lot of different different sides of it. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to now be able to be part of it. It's another thing to then have the support and the acceptance into it and to be able to then really be a part of it. It's not just, well, here's the suit. It's like, no, but I need, I mean, you even speak about like the, the classes, like, okay, but what are the modifications? What does that look like? Exactly. Exactly. It's okay if we have now leggings that fit you, but what happens when you actually walk into the class, right? The, <laughs> all of it affects the experience. 
Totally. And that speaks to the breaking down the different barriers. It's like there's just one foot in front of the other. And I think that there's such an important lesson here of if you don't see you in that room, then maybe you are the first one in there. And if you are willing to take that step to be the first one in there, knowing the doubt and insecurity and fear, it's all coming along. So bring <laughs> bring those, bring your bestie brain and your besties, those that external validation, your cheerleaders. But if you are willing to do that, you might then change, I mean, change everything. We all know those brands that Kanoa is talking about. And these are established brands that I think in our head are like, well, they're doing it all right. So if they, if I'm not represented in there, it's not that they're doing it wrong. There's something wrong with me and I don't belong there. And it's like, no, no, we can change the conversation even for these big, big brands. Absolutely. So, I mean, your life is kind of a masterclass and like feel the fear and do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, what, what suggestions do you have for people who want to go create create a space for themselves to create a life like this? I mean, and and you've offered me a lot of lessons here. Yes, it's, you know, breaking down barriers. It's being the first. It's, you know, understanding that failure is maybe just a stepping stone towards what it's supposed to be for you. Um, so I guess, I guess what, what suggestions and tips do you have for our listeners who might be not seeing themselves in certain spaces and they think that's a closed door mm. um, for, for entry? Absolutely. I would say something that I've, constantly have to go back to and learn and relearn is giving myself grace. Uh, because I think it's the reality of you're going to do something new. And especially if you're the first, no one's giving you a roadmap. No one is telling you how to do it. So the expectation that you're about to do it perfectly, it, throw that out the window right now because <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's okay to make mistakes and give yourself grace for the things that you don't know. And it's, I always tell people, I, I am a hot mess express, like <laughs> even today it, <laughs> behind the scenes, it really is. I still figure a lot of this out. You know, I'm still paving new uncharted territory in these spaces. And to think that I could navigate that, you know, pristine and pretty and perfectly, that would just be unrealistic and put so much stress and expectation on myself. And I have to give myself grace even before I step a foot for it. If I'm afraid, it's okay to be okay, afraid. I don't have to beat myself up about it. Um, it's okay if I have doubts. It's okay if I have bad days or bad weeks or bad months. It's all part of the process and we're all doing it. I mean, I think that's the thing that we we often forget. We think we're the only ones. We're the only ones that's struggling. We're the only ones this and that, but it's we every single one of us <laughs> as we ventured forward into something, we're we're dealing with this. And I think that's been a really big thing for me. And I would say, as long as it is a dream that's in your heart, just take your next best step forward. And it may take a while as you take those steps. You know, there might be delays as you work through the fear, but you owe it to yourself to see that through. And I just say, take the next best step forward. And you don't have to have the whole thing figured out. If I would have known 
this is where I would have ended up six years. I think if I would have known it, it probably would have instilled more fear because then I would have set it up in my mind like, what, you're going to be on Good Morning America, the first plus size trainer ever on Good Morning America. I think I would have set myself up for sabotage. <laughs> you're like, nope. <laughs> Where do we go? Where do we veer off now? (laughs) Yes. Get me off the train right now. So focusing on just the next thing that's in front of you, it really helps, I think, make a clear path because there's not really a path. So you're taking each step as it comes. What's the next best thing for me right now? And I think it leads you to the place where you're ultimately supposed to go. Oh, it's so cool. And that's so true because, yeah, even someone who has like every step laid out for them, it ain't going to go that way, my friends. Not and, at all. And, <laughs> and, and, here, and here's Kanoa who just acknowledged like, I didn't have a plan. I had, I had faith. I had hope. And I knew two things I did not want. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, I, I, here I go quoting you to you um, because, you know, this there is so much strength. There is so much to celebrate and there is so much goodness in what you've created. But I, and I had read you this quote on Kanoa's social media. She had posted, I live a big life with a big purpose, which means I come up against big mental challenges that I have to fight through. Um, I want you to speak to that because I know it's really easy for us to, and I always talk about confidence and loving and believing in yourself. And here we are. It's like, just take the next next step. You got it. But that path is going to come with a lot of challenges mm-hmm. external and right up here internally. So how do you how do you overcome that? How do you continue to fight each and every day to go after this life of your dreams that you've created? I mean, I think from the first part of that, it is true. I mean, as you pursue big things, it just, there are levels of fear that you have to overcome, right? It's just, for me, leaving corporate and vent- that in of itself was overcoming a step of fear, right? That first hurdle of fear. And to say in the course of seven years since then, it's been multiple layers and <laughs> levels and mountains <laughs> of fear. You don't just arrive at the top at the end and you're like, ta-da, it's done. <laughs> you get to base camp and then, you know, the next level and it's, it's, there's always a level and there's always a place where I'm learning and I meet fear and I have to overcome. And even more recently, it's just the realization of like, you make mistakes. You know, when it was smaller, there were far less mistakes and you probably didn't even notice them because they were so tiny. But then when you've created something that's much bigger and very publicly known and those mistakes feel grander and you're very aware. And for me, there was a point even this year where I just was beating myself up over mistakes that I made. And it took my support system again to really put the mirror and reflect back to me. Everyone makes mistakes and it's not the end of the world and it's okay. Like we're all human. And that fear, I could have held on to that fear and that doubt about the mistakes and never took a next step forward. But I had to sit with that and I had to tell myself, like, and I literally had to make a mantra and was like, I made a mistake. I'm not a mistake. Everyone makes mistakes. It's okay. It's okay to make mistakes. And it took, it really took me a couple of weeks for me to be really okay with the mistake that I made and been like, it, it's okay. Right. And 
I think those things are important. It's just one, the support system. I'm going to preach that until the day that I die because it's really, preach, my friend. it really is. Your mind will play tricks on you. Your mind will tell you things and you just need people that you trust and who absolutely just love you will, will speak the truth to you when you are so blinded by the fear and the doubt and everything else to see it for yourself. I mean, I just, I cannot say that enough. Um, and then allow yourself to grow, right? Because me taking on that and realizing, okay, I'm beating myself up over these mistakes. This is an opportunity for me to grow and grow past that and beyond that, because the reality is I'm going to face something else where this may come up. And I don't want it to be a roadblock. I don't want it to be a challenge. I want it to be something that I can overcome and hopefully encourage and help someone else to overcome those those same situations that they come against in their journey. Yeah, it's so amazing. It's so amazing. And I love that mantra. Anyone, anyone that is in my world knows, I mean, I got them everywhere. They're next to my toothbrush. They're on my computer. They're on my mirror. Because yeah, your brain will play tricks on you. You've got to... That, that bully brain can be much louder than that bestie brain. And yes. it can even drown out that external support system sometimes because yes. you're like, well, they don't know. They don't know this mistake that I just made. Right. And so it's so critical to to practice that. And I love that you acknowledge it took a couple of weeks. We're not going to sit and look in the mirror and say, you know, I love myself. I believe in myself. You got this. And it just like all of a sudden, you know, we're superwoman. It takes like anything. It takes practice. It takes time takes acceptance of those other feelings. Um, but I love that mantra. I made a mistake. I'm not a mistake. It's so good. It's so good. Um, well, you know what? tell me something. And I often say, what would you tell your teenage self? But there's been many, many iterations of you. The, the grad school, no go. <laughs> the, yeah. the corporate, no thank you. And, and this, what would you say to your younger self? Um, if you could have known then what you know now. I'm going to try to say it without getting emotional, but I feel like it anyway, because <laughs> that's an emotional thing. You know, when, when you're younger, especially when you're in your teens, there's a lot of insecurity for me. I never felt like I belonged in my body. Like it just, it felt so awkward and it felt like navigating through life was, was, hard. It was challenging. And I felt inside of me that I was made for something bigger. You know, it's like, sometimes you just feel like, I feel like I am, I feel like I'm special, but the outside world tells you that maybe you're not, and you really don't know where you belong or how it's going to play out. And you don't have the answers. So you don't know that it is going to work out, right? You, there's a big question mark. I wish I would have known what I would tell myself is that that feeling inside of you, it is so valid and it's, and it's, it feels big for a reason because it is big. It is bigger than anything anyone could ever imagine for you. And so it's going to feel awkward because you have this big ball of magic inside of you that is bursting to come out. It's not ready to come out yet. And that's why it feels like you are a bull in a china shop and it just feels so awkward. But know that there will be a time where you do see 
what that is. And you do get to live it and it does get to come out. And then you get to see that it's not just about you, but it's so much bigger than you. And that it has the capacity to help your family, your friends, anything. That story that's inside of you, your journey is going to help and inspire your your circle, whoever you want to share that with. And that's every single person. It doesn't mean that you have to be on Good Morning America or be, you know, an influencer or any. No, every single person has that within them. And I I think she would have had a sigh of relief. I don't think she would have believed it. But a younger me, <laughs> to be honest. But if she could see herself now, I mean, that girl is blown away. And I think just at all of what she is capable of, because she honestly had no clue that that could this could ever come out of her. Um, but we are all we are all built with magic and for magic. Oh, that is so good. I mean, I I could keep going for a long time, but I feel like that is just the most perfect place to end because it, it's it speaks to all of it. We have this magic inside us. And if you feel that fire in your belly, that is a call. That is a call for you, to you. And even if you can't hear it yet or you can't fully believe it yet, just don't let that fire die out. Don't let the world extinguish it. Don't let the lack of representation or, you know, that sense of belonging. It just might mean that you're the first to step to the front of that room. And Kanoa, we're so glad that you did. Um, I, I say that that's a beautiful place to end, but I'm really going to let you close it out. Is there anything else that you would want to share before we, I mean, that was after you made me cry. <laughs> I'm a, listen, I'm usually the one crying. I'm so glad someone else did today. I, I weld. I weld. There, there aren't. There's no flow. <laughs> no, I mean, not, just that. This is such a wonderful space that is here, and a community that is here that is so needed. Um because there is a lot of naysayers out there. And that's so true, especially in the world of social media and media as a whole. I mean, now strangers can even tell you what they think. And, you know, it's not even people that you know. Bullies take all shapes and form. Uh, so having your community, which can include this, right? Creating your community, you get to pick and choose who gets to be a part of that because ultimately you want to surround yourself with the voices that are going to lift you up into the incredible things that you were meant to do on this earth. So thank you again for creating this space. It is truly important and needed. Well, thank you for creating your space. Before we do sign off, I want you to just tell people about your spaces because Kanoa has so many opportunities for people of all shapes and sizes to live life to their fullest fitness-wise and outdoors. And that's really just a catalyst for what's going on inside of them. Um, so I, I want you to be able to, to share, and I'll include all your links in, in the show notes, but but tell people how this has manifested of some of the retreats that you do and, um, and some of the opportunities yeah. that you offer. 
I mean, thankfully, everything you can find on Instagram, uh, because the link in my bio, it has, if you wanted to do some movement, I have movement that's on YouTube, the links are there. If you're interested in finding out what adventure retreats that we have available, again, it's all there. Um, So if ever you need anything, uh, you can hop on in. I also read and answer all of my DMs. So if you have a question, or if you need a resource, please feel free to reach out. um, And I'll be happy to answer. Kanoa, thank you so much for being a voice on the show, for being a voice in the world, for creating spaces for everyone to belong and to find their fitness, their fun, their strength. It is so super cool. And I'm so delighted to have been able to talk to you today. Thank you for having me. All right, my friends. Till next time. Hey moms, if you're looking for some tips to help your teen daughter cultivate confidence, I've got you. Uh, Click the link in show notes for my free guide, Six Simple Steps to Help Your Teen Cultivate Self-Confidence. You can also find additional resources on my website at confidencecoachforgirls.com. That's confidencecoachforgirls.com. You got this, mama. I got you always. Love what you hear? Well, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me at confidencecoachforgirls.com. That's confidencecoachforgirls.com. Or email me at lesliethelifecoach at gmail.com. That's lesliethelifecoach at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you.